Hello and welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with the Mariner's Church Annual Read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens because of who Jesus is and what he has done. I'm Aaron Kerr, your host for today. Today we're looking at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 16 through 17. It says this, Wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Now, as I was reading this proverb, it made me wonder what percentage of marriages are affected by adultery. According to one book by Dr. Scott Haltzman, The Secrets of Surviving Infidelity, he states that approximately 40% of marriages are affected. Now, adultery is a heartbreaking and devastating act of betrayal in a relationship. No doubt some listening have gone through the pain of an affair or known someone who has. And thankfully, we have a God of grace, healing, and mercy for anyone willing to put the work in to recover or repent from infidelity. I remember Kenton B. Shore years ago during a message series that talked about guardrails. He used the illustration of driving off a cliff. He would say, no one intends to drive off a cliff. But if they're not careful to put guardrails in their life, they may be tempted to drive closer and closer to the edge until it's too late. See, no one in their right mind goes into a marriage planning on committing adultery, but without listening to wisdom, it's easy to ignore the warnings with devastating consequences. So the word here in Proverbs 2, 16 through 17, the original Hebrew for seductive means smooth or slippery. The words of an adulterous and wayward woman or man, for that matter, are smooth in their promises of sensual fulfillment, but they're dangerous in their ultimate consequences. And as Keller writes, adultery is serious because it breaks the covenant. Now, I had the joy of performing a wedding ceremony a couple weeks ago, and as I was talking about this covenant that this couple was making before God, I was reminded how countercultural such a commitment is before the rest of the world. The vows are the most important part of the celebration because it's the commitment of present and future love in the midst of all life's adversities. And this is where the riches of such a relationship is gained. Unlike Hollywood, where falling in love is heavy on emotion and falling out of love is justifiable when the feelings go away, what we have in a covenant of marriage as God intended is far more gratifying and fulfilling. The temptation, of course, is not nearly as strong when marriages are healthy and strong. It's when we lose sight of the covenant we made and getting the help we need in our marriages to continue to serve one another, to stay intimate and work at resolving conflict. Wisdom, says the writer, will save you. How so? Wisdom, translated from the Hebrew word hokmah, is always life skill. The ability of the individual to conduct his or her life in the best possible way and to the best possible effect. And the best possible way to experience God's purpose for marriage is within a covenant. Without a covenant relationship, the default kind in our culture is what Keller mentions, I'll be with you as long as the relationship is fulfilling me. And this is so common, right? I mean, we don't even think twice about it. But such a cultural approach to relationships has all kinds of costs. Number one, the relationship is all about my needs, wants, and desires. Therefore, love is about fueling my feelings rather than a promise to be there no matter what. 
Number two, being our authentic selves becomes a little bit more difficult if we're living in fear of being rejected or not satisfying the needs of the other person. Three, within a contractual relationship, how can we learn the power of forgiveness and grace in a committed long-term marriage? So the wisdom writer doesn't want us to be seduced away from his life-giving words. This kind of relationship will never experience the freedom, the joy, the intimacy, and transformation that reflects God's purpose for marital flourishing. So where's the gospel in regards to this? I love how Keller states, Jesus, our true spouse, loved us not because we were lovely and fulfilling to him, but in order to make us lovely. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. See, God's wisdom is foolishness to the world, which is why it is keeping our promises and sacrificial service to our spouses that yields the fulfillment we long for. Now, how about you? What's inspiring or challenging about this proverb for you? What are some of the potential benefits or challenges of holding this covenant view of marriage? If you're married, is there something you might do differently this week to show your spouse, I'll be there for you no matter what? If you're single, how might this change your approach to dating, to marriage? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the gift of your unconditional commitment to me through Jesus. Without your covenantal love, I would be doomed. I want to live more like you, Jesus, all by your grace to practice covenantal love in my family and friendships. I know this is the most fulfilling way to live life by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day. Please be sure to subscribe and share. You can tune in tomorrow for fresh new content. And remember, no matter what happens, there is unlimited grace for us today because of who Jesus is and what he has done. For questions about service times and more, you can access all information about Mariner's Church by downloading the Mariner's app at your favorite app store, visiting the website at marinerschurch.org, or by finding us on Instagram, Instagram handle Mariner's Church. Till next time, have a great day.